Hello, Door Creek Church. Welcome to today's service. Thank you so much for joining us. So we will be continuing our series here, Against All Odds. And we'll be talking about your heart or our heart and what it means to have the heart of God, what it means to have the love of God. And so we know that God's heart is, is full of love, it's full of mercy, it's full of humility. His love is perfect. And so we're going to be looking at the kind of love that he wants us to have, to possess, because we can't serve God and have his love unless we submit ourselves humbly to him and allow him to love through us. And then we can live with that love that he's talking about. So our, our sermon today is what's love got to do with it? That's what Tina Turner asked. What's love? got to do with it. Well, we're going to, we're going to look at that. We're going to see. Now, there are, there are several kinds of love um, that um, we, we have in life, you know, that we enjoy in life. There is the um, agape love, which we're going to be talking about today. That's God's love, unconditional love, selfless love. Then there's philia love, which is a brotherly love, um, like from the uh, city of Philadelphia, uh, brotherly love. Then there is eros, which is a romantic, romantic kind of love. And then the last one I want to speak of is mania. There's a mania, which you can guess is an obsessive, obsessive love. That's not the healthy love that God is talking about here, that Paul is talking about under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit here in 1 Corinthians 13. He's talking about agape love, which is unconditional, which is endless, it never ends, and it is selfless. So we're going to look at his letter here to the Corinthian church. Now, the Corinthian church is important because it was a, it was a large church, and it was an important church in the history of, of Christianity. Because um, uh, Corinthians itself, it, we, we see a lot of the demonstration, a lot of the works of, of the gifts that God has given us, and Paul addresses these to this church in Corinthians. Now, the church in Corinth was going through some troubles and some issues. They had some schism and some division going on. They, um, they had some spiritual, super, um, they, were, they thought they were superior. So there was some uh, spiritual superiority going on. They thought they were uh, better than others. There were others in the church that thought they were better because they would be active in some spiritual gifts. Um, they were abusive of the communal meal. Which, which we understand that the communal meal was a part of when they would take the Lord's Supper together. So there were some that would come to the communal meal and they would get drunk and they would abuse what God had meant to be beautiful and honoring to him. They were also suing one another in public courts, which, which Paul tells, you know, how dare us to go before the public courts and not to go before the saints. So they were suing one another and there was sexual misbehavior going on. So Paul writes this letter to put them in correction so that they can really live out the power and the demonstration of God's love. And so this is what Paul's letter is all about. And it's a great letter. It's a great letter that we as people of God can learn so much from. So put your learning ears on and let's get ready to learn. Our sermon goal today is to encourage you to use your gifts through the power and demonstration of love in humility and in service. All right. So I want to encourage you today to use your gifts through the power and demonstration of love, agape love in humility and 
in service. So let's go. Let's grab the Bibles. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Grab your Bibles, your iPhone, your iPad, your iPod, or your eyeglasses. Go ahead and grab them at this time. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And so you're going to see me reading off a paper because my Bible's font is only so big and I can make it large on this paper. So it is the word, NIV version. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanking cymbal. What was that? Oh, that was an irritating noise, wasn't it? Oh, Paul starts it off. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, if I speak many languages, but I don't have love, I am only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. Let's, can we hear that again? <laughs> Irritating. Irritating. You might be using your gifts. You might be doing what you do. But if you're not doing it in love, it's irritating. It's irritating. So Paul says, if you don't have love, you are a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. Again, I can prophesy, have all the knowledge, have faith, and have all of these things. They can be in demonstration through my life. But if I don't have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Now, I want you to look at how many times I is used in here. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am nothing. Or I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I am nothing or I gain nothing. Now, you have to understand it's talking about what you or I gain or am. It doesn't mean that people who are recipients of my gift aren't going to receive anything. If I go out and, and, and I and go to a soup kitchen and I'm feeding those who are hungry, but I'm doing it so that I can be seen. I got some cameras following me. I want people to see what I'm doing and I'm feeding them, but I'm not doing out of love. I'm doing it out of uh, out of my own boastfulness or my own, uh, um, my own um, attention. I want people to see what I'm doing. It doesn't mean that the people aren't going to get full from the soup that I'm giving them, but it's not going to profit me anything. It's going to do good for the hungry, but it's not going to do good for me. So it's not that God's not going to reward them who are seeking and who need to be served, who need to be loved, but when it's for your reward or when it comes down to your service, you are nothing or it profits you nothing. So it's so important for what we do, as small as you might think it is, you have to do it in love. 
unconditional love, selfless love, hence agape love. So he goes on. So our, the, the love is not about our performance. Okay. Love is not about the performance of our gift. Love is not about the performance, how well I do it, how well I may sing or how well I may teach. No, it's about the power of your gift. It's not about how well you do it. It's about the power, the power of the Holy Spirit that's working in it, that's working through you. So we look at that and we say the gift of God that he has given me is nothing if I don't have his love, we need his love. The scripture goes on. So we know what happens if we don't have love. So what is love? What love is and what love is not. Verse four, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So what is love? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't rejoice in evil. Love perseveres. Love trusts. Love hopes. Love looks beyond faults and see needs. Love doesn't hold grudges. Love is everlasting. Love conquers all. Love is God and God is love. So if I'm a person who has a lifestyle of being unkind to my brothers and sisters or to others, then I'm not demonstrating the love of God. If I'm not uh, 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 patient, if I'm always impatient with everything that I do and I hold grudges and I treat you badly, then I'm not demonstrating the love of God. The word of God says love is patient. God's love, he was patient with me. He was patient with you. I didn't, I don't know if you did, but I didn't straighten up right away. I didn't get my head and my life in order right away. It took some knocking my head. It took some falling and scraping my knees and picking myself back up. No, but God's love is patient. How many times have you told God, I'll get it right next time. I won't do it again, God. Give me another chance, God, and I'll do it right. And you didn't do it. But God was patient with you because he loves you and he can't help himself that he loves you because it's a selfless love. It's an unconditional love. No matter how much you mess up, no matter how many bad turns that you make, when you come back, God still loves you. Glory to God. And this is the kind of love that he wants us to have for one another. This is the word. It's patient. It's kind. It doesn't envy. It always looks for the best. It doesn't boast. It doesn't go to the soup kitchen so folks can see you. No, it's not proud. It doesn't walk around with a puffed up chest. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. Can't say anything to you because you get angry all the time. That's not love. It keeps no record of wrongs. 
doesn't keep a little black book or a little blue book or a little diary of all the things that someone done to you or that you have done to someone else. Love doesn't. Love covers a multitude of sin. It casts it away. God doesn't remember our sins when we repent because he loves us. He says, your sins I'll remember no more. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. So love doesn't get excited when I fail. Love doesn't get excited when I do wrong. Love rejoices in truth. Love rejoices when I repent, when I get right, when I reconcile, when I'm renewed, when I'm revived and redeemed. Love rejoices. It doesn't rejoice when I fall. It doesn't rejoice when I've been hurt, criticized, when I've been wronged or when I am wrong. Love doesn't rejoice in that. So love, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love is there. Love will always be there. It hopes, it trusts, it perseveres, it endures, it protects you. Love protects you. Not protecting you from bad things happening in your life, because that's a part of life, but love protects you from giving up. It protects you from the, ever, from the eternal effect that things in life can have on you. The love of God protects and it perseveres. It helps us to hang in there. It helps us to come back the next day. Yeah, maybe you had a hard day. Maybe, you, maybe folks were all on your nerves this way and that way, but love helps you to come back again and keep living and keep loving. So love is, love is not. It's patient, kind, doesn't rejoice in evil. Love never fails. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes or perfection comes, when that is perfect comes, what is in part disappears. Now, I like this. He, 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 love never fails. He just wants, wants to get that out the way. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Tongues will be stilled and knowledge will go away. You can do the best teaching and the best preaching and the best singing on the worship team, playing the best instruments. You can be the best leader. But those things will vanish. They will pass away. They will be stilled. They will go away. They will cease. And when all those things have ceased, I'm teaching now, but one day I won't always be teaching. Teaching, it will cease. It will go away tongues. But when it's all stripped away, when it's all said and done, when it's all gone, love is still standing there. Hallelujah. Love still holding you. Love still got you covered. So when the preaching stops, when the worship team stops, when the instruments have gone silent, when the lights are off, love never fails. When your parents can't do you any good, when the doctors can't do you any good, when your friends and your neighbors give up on you, love never fails. 
This is what we need in our lives. We need the unconditional selfless love of God. And if we have it in our lives, it is our duty to dispense it and to give it to someone else. Love never fails. We know in part, we prophesy in part, but when perfection comes, when that which is complete comes, what is in part will disappear. Knowledge, prophecy, tongues, those are all partial. Those are all a part. They are not completion. They are not the perfect. The perfect, we know who it is, is when Christ comes and when Jesus shall arrive, then that which is perfect shall put away that which is partial. When the love of Jesus, when the presence of the Holy Spirit, when Christ himself shall come, everything that we built our lives on, everything that you depended on, that I've depended on, that is partial, will be done away with because perfection in Christ Jesus has come. We know we enjoy some good worship, don't we? We enjoy some good teaching. We enjoy some good prayer. We enjoy great connections and great small groups and all of those things. We thank God because we need those things down here on this earth. But one day when perfection comes, these things will be done away because we won't need them. When we're in glory with God, we won't need small groups. <laughs> we won't need uh, 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 worship teams like, like, you know, like we do now. We, you won't need someone or a pastor to come on the stage and teach. All those things will be gone. Now it's all about Jesus. It's all about he who is perfect. He who is kind. He who is everlasting. And that is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's what we look forward to. Glorifying and being made perfect in him. When I was a child, I like this part. I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But now when I became a man or of, of, of age, I put the ways of childhood behind me. <laughs> when I was a child, I played peekaboo, right? Hide and seek. What would I look like as an adult playing peekaboo with you? Huh? No. When I was a child, I had tantrums. Yeah. I thought like a child. I behaved. I reasoned like a child. A child is self-centered. A child really, and, and they can't help it. That's just the way a child is. They think about themselves. So when you are a child, you could get away with childish things. You, there was no expectation beyond you being a child. When you are early born again in your, in your years of walking with Christ, there are things that you will get away with. And I don't mean get away with mean you don't, you don't repent for them. I mean that Christ or, or people will look and say, well, you're growing and you're learning. You got to develop. But once you've developed and once you've grown and you have a relationship with Jesus and he begins to teach you about your walk, then you can't do those childish things. You become of age. A man or woman that is of age has responsibilities. You have bills to pay. You have places to go. You get a job. When you're a child, there were those expectations. Those weren't expected of you. So when I became of age, I put those things away. 
I put them away because now there's more expected of me. Now I can't fall on the floor and have a tantrum and expect people to say, oh, he's, he, he'll be all right. Just give him 10 seconds. No, because now I'm of age. I learn now to reason. I learn how to talk about it. I learn how to ask questions. I learn how to walk away if, I, if it's a situation I can't handle. See, love teaches us these things. Love will show you, will reveal to you that you have to put things in your past or things that you've grown beyond away and you have to take the responsibility of where you are now. And that is living selflessly, living with a love that's unconditional, a love that comes through the Holy Spirit. Put away childish things. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall be fully known. You know, or now I should be known fully as I am fully known. Eh? We see only a reflection in a mirror. It's a reflection of you. Again, it's not a complete, it's a reflection. But one day, it won't be a reflection. It will be fully a full picture, a full life of who you are and what you are. Not a reflection. Paul says I, 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 a reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. When we get to glory, when we, when we are are welcome into the perfection of Jesus Christ. There's no more reflection. It's real, face to face. We are living now, living then. We will be living in the power and in the presence of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. No reflection, no pretension. This is real, face to face. Everything partial, everything incomplete, everything that's not perfect will be done away. And we will see perfectly as he sees us. Wow, what a blessing. He says, I will be fully known that all the things, all the works, all the, the blessings and everything that God has demonstrated and has given me will be full, fully known. There will be full awareness. No more living in a, a, a partial life and works, but now living in the fullness and in the power of Jesus Christ. He ends and now these three remain, these three, these come of the, the gifts, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. The greatest love of all, Christ Jesus. The greatest love of all is the love, agape love of God. Faith is good and hope is good, but sometimes your faith is not where it should be. And sometimes you lose hope in, in certain situations. But love is constant. Love rebukes you. Love reminds you. Love chastens you. Love corrects you. And love puts you back together. Yes. Even as, as, as we say in, in the marriage vows, tell death do its part. We know that on this earth, there's an expiration, there's an end to the love, the eros love, the romantic love. But the agape love, there is no end 
Because in heaven, it is made perfect. It is made perfect. So I asked the question of my sermon, what's love got to do with it? What's love got to do with it? Love activates and releases the power of our gifts. Yes, it does. This is what love does. It activates and releases the power of our gifts. Without the power of love, our gifts are nothing. Our gifts are fueled by love. When our gifts run out of fuel, meaning we are no longer loving in our gifts, then we can no longer do the work of God. Oh, yes, a singer has a talent and a gift, and they can sing. But if they lose the heart and the love of God, it's not that they can't sing anymore, but it loses the fuel. It loses the power. It loses the transforming anointing that the Holy Spirit brings. So our gifts are fueled by love, and our gifts are manifested through love. This is how the world sees. This is how people see us, because our gifts are manifested through love. They know that you are my disciples because you love one another. By your love, they will know that you are my followers, that my disciples. Our gifts are given because of love. Amen. Love is the greatest gift. As we see here, faith, hope, and love. Love is the greatest. Love is God's gift to mankind. Yes. God, listen, love is a great gift that God gave by giving his son, Jesus Christ. It says we love because he first loved us. That's why we love. We don't love because it's innate. It's, 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 we were born with it. We love because he first loved us. And when he first loved us means his whole, the Holy Spirit give, gives us, equips us, gives us access to everything that God possesses. Love is a demonstration of God's heart to the world. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is the love that we have in God. We conclude here that our gifts should never be manufactured by us. Our gifts should never say made in the U.S., our gifts of God should never be manufactured. Our gifts should only or always be manifested by the Holy Spirit. You don't have to uh, prop and prime it up. The Holy Spirit will demonstrate the power of the gift. Gifts don't come with the receipt. Romans eleven twenty nine 29, for the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. They don't come with the receipt. You can't say God this is the wrong size. God, I don't want this. this is the wrong color, God. Lord, Lord, it doesn't fit the way. It's not what I thought it would be. It doesn't come with the receipt. God gives you gifts. You receive the gift. It is re irrevocable. You now are responsible for the gift that God has given you. Just throw your hands and say, Lord, thank you for my gifts. And now live out its power. Also, gifts are given to all. Everyone, you have a gift. All of you watching, you have a gift. Yes. Figure out, pray about it, do an assessment and see what it is. What are the gifts that God has given you? And you'll be surprised. And it is not just one gift. God may give you multiple gifts. But gifts are given to all.
Just like the scripture says, he, he's placed us all in the body as it has pleased him. He's given us all gifts as it has pleased him. Use your gifts to serve in love. Ephesians 4, 1, 3 says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace, through the bond of peace. God is love and gifts minus love. This is an equation. Remember this gifts minus love equals nothing. Let me say it again. Gifts, your teaching, your singing minus love, agape love equals nothing. You might say, oh, I've done a lot of good work. I've done a lot of good things. But in God's eyes, when he says, I know you not, depart from me. Or when you say, where, Lord, have we served? Have we visited the sick? Where, Lord, have we clothed the naked? Or where didn't we not do it? He says, much as you didn't do it to the least of them, you didn't do it to me. So let's serve in the love of God. God is love and love is God. And just to remind you and give you some scriptures here. Colossians 3.14. It says, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. First Peter 4 and 8. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of of sin. You see, I was saying above all and over all, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a uh, pattern there. Proverbs 10, 12, hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers over all wrongs. Amen. First John 4 and 7, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And finally, 1 John 4, 18 and 19, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. God loves you unconditionally, and he wants you to receive his love today. If you are listening, if you are viewing today, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, and you haven't opened up your heart to receive this unconditional love so that you can love someone else, I want to pray with you today so that you will accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Or maybe you've strayed away and you want to renew your relationship with Jesus. The Bible tells us in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6. 23 says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And I love this Romans 5, 8. God demonstrated his love toward us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. And then Romans 10, 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's you today. That's you. Will you pray with me today? Repeat these words. And let God come in your heart and save you. Will you pray with me? Dear Lord, I confess 
that I'm a sinner. Forgive me for all my sins. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for my sins. He rose for my life. Today, by grace, through faith, I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. If you received Christ for the first time or renewed your relationship, we would love to know about that here at Door Creek Church so we can continue to be in prayer for you. Thank you so much for joining us. May God bless you and go out and love someone.